If you're looking for Pokemon style Etsy items, Pokemon Pop figures, and so much more, check out the PokeDepartmentStore.com. That's P-O-K-E-D-E-P-S-T-O-R-E.com for all your Pokemon needs. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What is up, everyone? It's me, the Pokemon Cave. Today, we're back at it again for another exciting episode. So, right off the bat, we're going to talk about Ash a little bit. Now, sure, he is the world champion. He's also out of the anime. Pikachu is, well, I mean, Ash's Pikachu is out of the anime. There is another Pikachu now in the new anime, which, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. If they actually, I, I couldn't have seen them getting rid of Pikachu in general. Whether it be Ash's Pikachu, Richie's Pikachu... Or this Captain's Pikachu. There's always going to be a Pikachu because it's the face of the franchise. There's always going to be one summer, right? So, Ash made history by becoming the world champion. However, he kind of made history way, way before that. And I'm talking about all the way back in the first season, episode 9. Yeah, all the way back there, he made world history for himself, even though he had just started out. So, all the way back then, we remember how Ash got his start. Of course, he was inexperienced. He had no idea what the heck he was doing. He had a Pikachu that did not care at all about Ash uh, until Ash basically sacrificed himself in front of all those Spearow, uh, at which point Pikachu started to let up. However, Remember back in season or season one, episode nine, that uh, Ash, Brock, and Misty came across a school called the Pokemon Tech. At which point, they also came across a top student called uh, Gazelle. Now she is basically in charge of the student body. She's been making life hard for a lower classmate, Joe. And when Ash sees this, he challenges uh, Gazelle to a match. Now she has a Cubone which is resistant against electric attacks. She figures, oh, I've got this match in the in the bag. You're using a freaking Pikachu. You're an idiot. But, yes, Pikachu can't use electric moves against Cubone because it just won't do anything. So Ash has an idea. He turns around to Pikachu and says, Pikachu, beat him up. Beat Cubone up. Punch, scratch, do whatever the heck you need to do. Beat him up. And Ash wins. Now, of course, Griselli is just completely dumbfounded. Because let's be honest, Pikachu should have used the electric attack. It's obviously too early in the series or season, per se, or even the Pokemon world, for Pikachu to know Iron Tail. So it's not like he could have used a iron move against Cubone. So to have Pikachu just essentially use his fist as a, as a way to just essentially beat Cubone up, uh, throws Griselli off completely, 
and she's completely dumbfounded in the fact that she was able to lose against a po- uh, electric type Pokemon. I think ever since then we realized that Ash likes to think outside of the box. If he knows he's at a severe type disadvantage, he's got other tricks up his sleeve that he can use to try and overpower his opponents. Next up, did you know that Pikachu was originally going to talk just like Team Rocket's Meowth? So maybe not exactly like a human, but definitely like the Meowth, Pikachu would have had a full vocabulary. The idea was enough to send a shiver down most people's spines when they heard about it. There was an interview with a longtime series director, uh, Kunhiko Yanama, uh, who did an interview with Any Media Magazine. Uh, instead of the usual cries of Pika and maybe even Pika Pika on a good day, it turns out that there were plans to have Ash's Pikachu use full words. Uh, now, while the original interview was published in Japanese, it was later translated to English, which revealed that the director, uh, his full response was, at first we actually toyed with the idea of having Pikachu talk just like the Rocky gang. However, we talked about how it would be both more realistic and more interesting if they had to communicate non-verbally. So that's the way it ended up. I think it'd be really difficult to find a pair that can understand each other as near perfectly as Ash and Pikachu can, but I hope we've managed to depict a duel everyone can look up to. So it looks like the concept of Pikachu's speech never did make it past the preliminary discussions, and that's something we can all be grateful for. While it might have been interesting to hear what Pikachu actually sounds like, um, we're secretly hoping that it was a ridiculous deep voice, <laughs> but Kanhiko Yanama is right that an expanded vocabulary wouldn't have been necessary. After all, a Pika paints a thousand words. Next up, we all know Nurse Joy, but we all know that she is a helpful Pokemon Center nurse. But did you know that she might be a little sadistic and a little exploitative? Maybe even so-called a villain? Now, this may or may not be a far, far stretch um, based on this story. I don't know if the person who wrote the story was playing with the full deck but, well, many assume that Nurse Joy is a selfless person, given her reputation for helping Pokemon. But upon her debut, it's revealed she is in fact a villain. Aside from Ash and Pikachu themselves, there are a few Pokemon characters more iconic than Nurse Joy, as she is always there to take care of sick or injured Pokemon. But there is a secret darkness to her that was revealed upon her anime debut, and Pikachu is the one that proves it. Now, Nurse Joy is both equally uh, important and his hilariously meta within the Pokemon anime continually. Uh, in the original video game, Nurse Joy was located in every Pokemon Center in every town and every city the player travels to. Well, now of course there is no real world explanation for how one character can travel from city to city instantly. The anime has a perfect workaround for that phenomenon. Apparently every Nurse Joy is just related to the other, despite the fact that they look like perfect clones of each other. Uh, with the exception of the newer animes where they've changed facial features and everything on basically every character you can think of. Now, while that is a mystery on its own, we're not necessarily looking into that. That's a whole other day. So, essentially, back in the Indigo Plateau, or Indigo League, sorry, episode 2. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We all know that Ash rushes Pikachu to the nearest Pokemon Center after the two had the unfortunate encounter with the Horde of Sparrows. While Pikachu wasn't able to take down every single Sparrow with a single shot, that expense of energy weakened Pikachu greatly and he was basically on the verge of death. Now, thankfully, Ash comes across Misty and stole our bike uh, to get Pikachu to the Pokemon Center faster. It is here where Ash and fans alike meet Nurse Joy for the very first time, and she was able to restore Pikachu to his full health. Unfortunately, this is also the first time Ash and Pikachu have a run-in with Team Rocket, who knock out the power to the Pokemon Center in an attempt to sneak in unimpeded and steal a valuable Pokemon being treated there. However, the power to the center didn't stay out for long, as Nurse Joy had an entire room of Pikachu, whose only job it was to power the Pokemon Center should this exact situation occur. While it is convenient to have a group of one particular Pokemon type ready at the drop of a hat to power an entire facility, it is also criminally exploitive. It's not like these Pikachu were specifically on standby to power the facility due to, say, a bad storm or something that could have been foreseen. Now, Nostroy didn't know that Team Rocket was going to knock out the power, yet these Pikachu were ready to power it up anyway. That means they were that means their entire lives they're centered around sitting in a room waiting to be useful, should the power go out. Which in essence makes them nothing more than essentially living batteries, right? Now, rather than contributing to a Pokemon trainer's mission to be the best uh, or you know, for fun competitive, or even simply run free in the wilderness of the world. These Pikachu are treated like they aren't even alive, like their only worth is the electricity that they can create and harness. Nostroy doesn't seem to care about the well-being of Ashes or any Pikachu, just that they are a cheap and reliable alternative to emergency generators, providing that this sweet and helpful Pokemon healer, Nostroy, is actually a cruel, heartless villain. Now, uh, do I agree with that? No, I think Nurse Joy is a kind and loving human being. Is it a little strange that Nurse Joy just had a bunch of Pikachu on the standby? Yeah, yeah, that is kind of strange. Like they said, you know, it wasn't as if there was a... Well, actually, there actually... Yes, there was actually a storm. So hold on, wait a minute. In the previous episode, there was that big lightning strike, right? Uh, yeah... Yes, it's depicted in the anime that Pikachu used Thunder to knock out all those Spearow. But look at the sky. I mean, uh, this is a far shot. But, I mean, it appeared that it was already becoming a bit of a storm, right? And again, how far is this Pokemon Center from 
where Ash and Pikachu encountered the Sparrow. Now, keep in mind, there could be a thunderstorm, say, here in my town, but a 20-minute drive from here, it could be sunny. So, maybe, just maybe, there was a thunderstorm where the Pokemon Center was, and Pikachu were being used as a, I don't know, a loan, so to speak, to power the Pokemon Center because of a power outage. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just taking a shot in the dark here. Maybe, maybe they aren't just being housing or housed in there for living batteries. But, I mean, what do you guys think? Shoot me a message on uh, Instagram and, oh, let's discuss this a little bit further. Next up, we're gonna look at the seven best flying types of all time. The first one though, caught me off guard. It's Gyarados. Now, first Gyarados is a water flying type introduced in Gen 1. It also, it's also known for its intimidating appearance and incredible power. With a base stat of 540, it's undoubtedly one of the strongest flying types in the game. Gyarados is an excellent choice for trainers looking for a strong and versatile flying type. With its powerful moveset and high base stats, it can hold its own against almost any opponent. Second is Gliscor. Now it's a dual ground flying type introduced in Gen 4. It's known for its unique typing and impressive defensive capabilities with a base stat of 510. Now it's also another great choice with unique typing and powerful movesets make it a force to reckon with on the battlefield. Three is Zapdos, the electric flying type legendary introduced in Gen 1. Undoubtedly, it's impressive special attack and incredible speed base stat, stat sorry, of 580. It's one of the most powerful legendaries. Landorus comes in next for a ground flying type introduced in Gen 5. Again, known for its incredible attack and impressive special defense. Has a base stat of 600. It's a must-have, of course, with its high base stats and powerful movesets, it can take down almost any opponent. Yifatol is next. Legendary Pokemon, this time from Gen 6. It's a dark flying type, formidable opponent with a unique ability that allows it to absorb the life force of other creatures. Its signature move, Oblivion Wing, is a powerful move that not only deals damage, but also restores some of Yvotol's health. Lugia is another legendary bird. It comes in from Gen 2. It's a powerful, powerful flying type with the signature move, Aeroblast. It's also one of the strongest flying moves in the game, dealing a massive amount of damage. It also has an impressive base stat of 680. Now, finally, Rayquaza. Yeah. Rayquaza is also a legendary Pokemon from Gen 3, and one of the most iconic flying types in the franchise. Its dragon flying type undoubtedly makes it one of the versatile and most powerful Pokemon in the battle. Rayquaza's signature move, Dragon Accent, or Ascent, sorry, it's also a powerful move that can deal massive damage to its opponents. While there are many strong flying type Pokemons in the game, these stand out as the most strongest in their opinion. Their powerful moves, high base stats, and unique abilities undoubtedly make them versatile, or sorry, valuable additions to any team. And finally, we go into Reddit for a hopefully weekly r slash Pokemon question. Now, of course, I didn't do one last week, because I kind of forgot. At least I, I think I didn't do one last week. So, making up for it today. So, 
the question comes, Nintendo Switch Pokemon games, which one should I have, right? So the person goes, hey there. So I haven't played anything Pokemon since I was about seven or so. And I would play my brother's Pokemon DS games. I love them so much. I have a Switch and I'm wondering what the best game to get would be that would be the most similar to the DS games. I was thinking the new Diamond and Pearl. I also heard that Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee are similar to older games as well. Pokemon Arceus seems to be the most most like the games I like to play now, but not like the DS games. I like random encounters, but it's not a deal breaker if it doesn't have. And I loved the music and graphics of the DS games. Also, I only know the original 150 Pokemon. Oh my god, you are... Wow, you're missing a lot of Pokemon there, bud. Uh, but I don't mind learning about the new ones. Any suggestions? Thank you. Well, <laughs> first off, if you only know the first 150 Pokemon, um, that's like a drop in the bucket now. We're we're past a thousand Pokemon. Uh, so you got a lot of catching up to do there. Um, and unfortunately, if you want to play games on the Switch, uh, you're looking at the newer gens or some of the remakes. So you're going to have to know some of the newer Pokemon, whether you like it or not, or just, again, don't play them on the Switch. So this Dietrich94 commented, the new Diamond and Pearl remake are the best Pokemon games on the Switch. They're beautiful remakes. Gen 8 and Gen 9 are so hastily thrown together and not worth the money. Be sure to check out what Pokemon are exclusive to which game so you don't miss out on a Pokemon you want on your team. And don't worry about this game being too easy. I got my butt whooped by gym leaders just like I did as a kid, even with the right Pokemon. And of course, then there's Cynthia. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Diamond and Pearl are a really, really great game for the Switch. Um, I, I have Diamond. Yeah, I have Diamond. Uh, and I, I don't mind it. I, I kind of like that old game. Now, of course, I also do have sword or shield. I think she, no, I don't know. I have one of the sword and shield games. Um, or I did, at least. I think maybe I traded it. Um, but I also have both Scarlet and Violet. Now, I bought both Scarlet and Violet because they had different exclusives, right? Um, and, I mean... You have adult FU money, so why not just buy both, right? <laughs> you know, gone are the days of having to beg your parents to buy you video games when now you can just go out to the store and buy both video games if you can afford it. Um, it's kind of the luxury of being an adult sometimes. <laughs> so in this post, I would have to agree. Diamond and Pearl, probably by far the best. Um, and then I would say maybe scarlet and then violet violet is not bad i mean you get the amazing electric legendary um at the end i mean you can use him at the end in the meantime you use him as a basically transportation which is kind of weird um there are downsides to that i wished you could actually fly um you know they said you could fly but it's i mean let's be honest it's not really flying it's gliding uh and you don't really get to glide for very far um until you start dropping out of the sky so yes there are downfalls to that um there's still glitches i mean they're a heck of a lot better than they were when it first released 
Um, but there are times now where you'll be walking around and you'll see a Pokemon's arm or its butt or its part of its head sticking out of a cliff. Um, I mean, kind of brings you back to the early Pokemon anime of, you know, during the commercial breaks, the who's that Pokemon kind of thing. You just got the silhouette. Well, now it's who's that Pokemon, but instead of a silhouette, you get, you get their butt. And you got to try and figure out who the Pokemon is just from their butt. Um, but yeah, if you're going to go with the DS or with a DS-like game for the Switch, go with Diamond and Pearl. Um, either one is good. I mean, it again, depends on what exclusives you want uh, and which legendary you want. But on that note, I say have a good week. And I will see you again next week. Take care, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.